Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe. In his house at Relay, as the Fringe waits dreaming, a theatre troupe arrives to read the statement of Randolph Carter. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the arts capital of the world. If it was August for the rest of the time, welcome to Edinburgh. I mean, it's still Edinburgh in August, but it's just that the fringe is here and our city packs with theatre and comedy and music and spectacle and dance and that person who stands in the Royal Mile flying very, very small kites. This podcast, well, during August, we run every single day to bring you all the fun of the Fringe, outside of the Fringe, at least for the first time. We've been looking back into our archives. With nearly two decades covering the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and over a thousand interviews, there's a rich tapestry to not just explore, but to re-explore. And that's what we're going to do today in the world of H.P. Lovecraft. It is one that many people have explored, both in the horror of the writing and with the horror of the man. In 2015, Shedload Theatre looked at the former in an inventive show called The Statement of Randolph Carter, which is, of course, the title of one of Lovecraft's short stories. The other, by the way, is called The Temple. Keep that in mind. Anyway, the big moment in this production from Shedload Theatre, is the Foley work. They've presented this as a radio play, and that means lots of sound effects, and they're all performed live. The story is very much that classic horror, but the theatre experience is much more visual than you would expect, and it's thoroughly engaging, to the point that when you're there, in the submarine, in the theatre, you're actually in the submarine. It's very cloying, it's dark, and the sounds are there, and with the Fringe being just such a hot environment in the theatres, it was just utterly transformative when I went to see the show some seven years ago. And, you know, there's also the importance that we're going to talk about this in the interview, about uh, the entire body of work from Lovecraft is now all copyright free. It's out there, it's free to perform, but so many people have built on all of those mythos to create a much bigger fabric and taken it away from the original author. As Shed Load Theatre... All of them piled into the community radio studio we were using that year for the Fringe podcast. We did something a little bit different. Yep, there's an interview in here to find out more about the show, but there's also a performance from part of the show, part of that second story, The Temple, uh, which they decided to perform live along with all the Foley effects in the studio. And so we head warily to Surgeon's Hall, to a desk of Foley effects and the horror of the statement of Randolph Carter. As always, the show's run is finished. Don't try and get tickets, even if an eldritch horror offers you a two-for-one. put on my um, accent for a lecturer who is in a, in a museum where nobody else is, in the middle of the Midwest of America, on the battered coast of Maine. In 1930, as the sun sets and the lightning strikes, and I hear a strange, creeping, horrible 
crazy, horrific sound coming from a door that I have never seen before in the whole life. <laughs> it's your show. You shouldn't be worried about it. So it's just a cold. <laughs> yes, it was an unmitigated cold. The horror of the cold. It was never ever described. It could never and never be portal. It was a portal to another dimension. It may look like that to you, but we have the team from Shedload Theatre and, uh, and the wonderful. Who's going to give me the wonderfully spooky title? Oh, uh, the wonderfully spooky title of the extract we'll be reading this morning is. The temple, so not actually that spooky. Not spooky, paper, but the show but itself. Let's go for the whole. The show itself is is quite a spooky yeah, one. Where is H.P. Lovecraft's The Statement of Randolph Carter? <laughs> so, so we're going to we're going to open up with an actual snippet of the show that you yeah, indeed, perform yes. live in the studio and and well. Yes. Okay. I mean, do you do you do anything? I just I just now shut up now. Yes. We can we can just we go, can go for it. Yeah, we can just go for it right then. Okay, right then. So here we go. Shedlock Theatre. Little bit of a clip. On the afternoon of June 18th, as reported by wireless to the U-61 bound for Kiel, we torpedoed the British freighter Victory. New York to Liverpool in north latitude 45 degrees 16, west longitude 28 degrees 34. Permitting the crew to leave in boats in order to obtain a good cinema view for the Admiralty records, the ship sank quite picturesquely, bow first, the stern rising high out of the water whilst the hull shot perpendicularly down to the bottom of the sea. You didn't tell me you were going to turn the studio into a boat. Well, you <laughs> see. I'm going to get seasick at this, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't have boat legs. Let's see archers do that. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> like, like, the archers can make people fall off fall off roofs in, into a sheep and die. I we think can do that. We can yeah. do that. All yeah. right, then, OK. You, I'm Just calling you on that one. We'll, we'll come back next week and we'll have something prepared. <laughs> cool, right. So next week, of course, uh, Edinburgh Nights will run, hopefully, every Friday, 3 till 4 p.m. here on Shore Radio, uh, giving you the best of culture in Edinburgh. So we will... We might, we might not call them on that because they might be somewhere else. Um, and for those of you wondering, fully effects in the studio, no backing tracks or anything there, and you, you carry that on, onto the stage as well. Yeah, this absolutely. is one of those shows that creates that lovely soundscape of old-style mm. radio, yeah, um, yeah. or as we call it, modern-day community radio, uh, in the theatre. So basically, um, we're, we're pretty proud because the only electronics we use are microphones to amplify our sounds, but anything else you hear, echo sound effects, sea sound effects, you know, creatures in the dark and all this stuff, we, we basically create that all ourselves. Um, and, and to give you an example of, of what we've got in the studio here today... Yeah, so so we had we had the crashing Atlantic Ocean. Yes, of course, indeed. L- literally that dark night off the coast of <laughs> off the coast of Maine, which is it's, it's sort of like oh, I initially thought it was an improvised baran, but it's it's well, describe it to us. Well, it's um, basically two hoops, you know, sort of like the, the kids play with, you know, like um, called the hula, uh, hoops. hula hoops. That's the one. That's hula awesome. hoops uh, <laughs> with plastic wrapped around it, so it's like very flat, and we've put BB bullets in, and now rolling them around, it's like a drum effectively, and rolling it around just creates this sound but the sea cool and we also had um, um, the HMS hood going down let's lift it from the 1942 film Sink the Bismarck Absolutely, we've, well, we which was a Pringles tin. It's a Pringles tin, <laughs> pretty much. It's a Pringles tin with a um, spring attached to it, effectively. And it creates this crazy. It's called a thunder drum, but it creates thunder, effectively, and it helps us out with any explosions. Sorry, don't say thunder too loud, right? Just na 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 na. 
But no, we've got so we've got various other effects that, that sort of help us out. We've got like a massive thunder sheet, mm. which creates this, which amazingly creates the sound of uh, of the submarine sort of moving and like as it sort of moves in the so water. How, how much like. of these have you find, found in, in Almanac's Great Book of Radio Sounds Effects, nineteen twenty three to nineteen twenty five? And how much do you have to just play around with yourself? Well, really, it it wasn't so much finding it in a uh, a book or, or a guide or anything. We it was more finding things in a dustbin and uh, trying them out it was yeah. very much trial and error for us and uh, just seeing what sounds work you know uh, and I think our, our, our MO is to keep things mm-hmm. organic really. and I suppose part of it is is getting the audience to take that final leap you know when you say this is a sound and you've got named this sound it's quite tricky when you go this is the sea mm. the, the, the final cognitive yeah, leap I think that's part of the uh, yeah. immersive experience yeah. same, same way that when they're listening to the show they think they're getting a professional radio performance yeah that's well, the idea yeah. 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 That, that final <laughs> cognitive leap we don't have to do it for them <laughs> but, but the main thing really for using sound effects and the sort of the effects we do because if, if you put H.P. Lovecraft on H.P. Lovecraft is known for not seeing the monster not not like witnessing anything the moment yes. we bring out some guy the horror the horror yeah, in the end you know and if we bring out some guy in a rubber suit like you know from do- old Doctor Who or something we'd, we'd lose the audience instantly but if we end up like if we create the sound if we let the, your imagination play out then you, you end up creating a much more interesting creature and a lot more interesting sound. Yeah, there's actually a lovely, just to completely go off at a tangent, but when you say rubber suit in, in Doctor Who, there's a lovely episode in William Hartnell's Doctor Who where for four, three episodes everybody thinks they're looking at a, a, a monster. Um, but in actual fact, the plot is it's not a monster, it's actually a man in a cheap rubber suit <laughs> in the story pretending to be a monster, which was just the most delightful fake out I've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be 1963, 1964, so this is actually well before Scooby Doo. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, so, wow. so the whole isn't it was actually a man in a rubber suit all along, William Hartnell's Doctor Who. Oh, goodness, very very <laughs> but anyway, yes, right, so we've also mentioned there H.P. Lovecraft, we had it in the title of the show as well. Um, because there have been over the years many fully based shows at the Edinburgh Fringe, the the inventiveness in the theatre. It's 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 not a big genre. There's usually one or two shows every year, so you've got the show. But why go with Lovecraft? Why go with the master of gothic horror? Apart from the fact that he's out of copyright. Well, other than the fact he's out of copyright. <laughs> Uh, that's kind yeah. of important when you're budgeting yeah, yeah. in the fridge. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, we've been doing these in Cambridge for a year now. We, we, do, we started off with this actual show. We, start, we thought we'd bring this one to the fringe, but we've done Edgar Allan Poe as well. We, we're just a big fan of old classic gothic <laughs> horror. Like, um, it just sort of, the way it's written, the, way, the you know, modern horror and things, is it's all about the jumps and the scares and things, whereas these old writers, they would build up. They would sort of, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily ever see the creature or, you know, ever actually get to the moment when the horror happens but it's all the build up it's all the insanity and the craziness and it's just so interesting to read and so you know so so much fun basically. and, it, and it, it lends itself perfectly for foley as well um all of these eerie sound effects that we're able to create we just sort of we almost pick a story now um based on what we've got and then fill in the gaps with new sounds um because we've got quite a a, a good range now of of you know, staple sounds which just create this really weird atmospheric. And, and the other interesting thing, and we're going to go very, very literally here, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, I'm maybe not afraid, is the fact that, yeah, I did joke that, that Lovecraft is out of copyright, but the fact that, that his material is now freely available to use is that 
when he was never successful in his life the entire Cthulhu mythos um, is now basically that sort of world building legend building that, that Marvel Comics do that Marvel yeah, Cinematic yeah, Universe yeah, yeah. does that DC does and everybody mm. tries to do Doctor Who as well to a certain extent now but because he's out of copyright there's this huge bank of, of all this public knowledge that you guys can tap into now of course. for yeah. free and be utterly 100% creative around it without having to worry about lawyers. Yes, indeed, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, with things with the internet as well now, like you've got sort of a wealth of information based on every sort of random god he's created or random sort of creature and things and stuff that you wouldn't have had, you know, like before the internet, you'd, you'd have had to have searched for all these different books and, and really. Sort of, you know, looked up different people's opi- you know opinions on what these things are. And now you can just but take now, the picture yeah. to relay and lie sleeping. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody knows where I'm going with that. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, how's the reaction to the show? Because again, with that whole legend building, the, the Lovecraft is is one of those key words now that people go, aha, I'm mm. going to feel mm. comfortable with that. So, how's the audience reaction reactions been to the show? Reaction's been very positive so far. Um, we. Uh, We've had great feedback, both from uh, our audience and uh, and also uh, quite a yeah. decent review, I'd say, yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. other day, um, from uh, British, British Theatre Guides. We've got mm-hmm. four stars. Four yeah. star. And, uh, yeah, I think we also had... We were fortunate enough to, to have uh, uh, Stuart Lee attend our, our opening night. And he, he came up to us afterwards and said, you know, we, we treated it well, the, the material, mm. and, and uh, was... Was quite quite chuffed yeah, uh, with, with what we did, so we were you know welcome to praise. You know, when, when you're a young theatre company, obviously the fringe has money, and there's the whole point of getting reviews. But when when you have people like Stuart Lee, people like the Theatre Review guys coming in, basically the people who, who who live and breathe this sort of art for a living, along with you guys, and they go, that works, that was good. I mean, is 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 that enough for the cost and the pain of doing it? Oh, absolutely! That's so, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of. Like I think we were, we were fortunate <laughs> to have it at the beginning of our run, which sort of then gave us the yeah. momentum to you know really do a good show for the rest of the week, and it's still going on. Oh, it's I still it's going, going on. on. So. Um, uh, let's just let's, let's get the sound effects. Uh, normally, this is the point where we ask people to tell us when your show is on. But now, how about you, you tell us when the show is on? If you were on a ship, let's, let's pretend. Okay. Let, 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 let's choose a famous ship, um, the Prince Charles, the HMS Prince Charles. Okay. Uh, and you're on the you're on the Prince Charles. You're in a Norwegian ice floe. Um, you're just sitting there waiting. It's 1941, and at some point you're going to be ordered into battle. But then before then, you need to tell everybody when this show is in 65 years' time at the fringe. So with the sound effects, with the background to the camera, when's your show on? Ah, Captain Barnes. Hello there, sir. Hello. What do you see on the horizon? Well, I see a big battle. It's coming towards us. There's a lot of ships. They're shooting guns at us. But, but Goodness just... me. Goodness me. What's that coming out of the water? It's, it's a great beast. It looks like Cthulhu. It's indescribable, sir. Absolutely indescribable. Yes, I, I, it's I so indescribable I cannot even attain it. Um, but it's, it, I say it's holding up a banner. What does that banner say? It, it, it seems to say the space at Surgeon's Hall at ten past nine every day. Good. What does it mean, Captain? What does I, it mean? I don't know. I think it probably means we better give the box office a call at the, uh, the space at Surgeon's Hall. Hang on a minute. How old are you? 24, sir. Oh, well, I, I'm 61. That means I'm eligible for concessions. Oh, so uh, really? I'll be paying six pounds. Looks like you'll be paying eight pounds. Oh, well, that's fine, because it's worth the money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do come along, Surgeon's Hall, uh, until uh, tomorrow evening at uh, 9.10. Tonight Fantastic. and tomorrow evening. We've been selling well, so book ahead. Yes, indeed. Brilliant. What Roger does that, that mean? <laughs> 
I love the fact that the 1940s crew know what the internet is. <laughs> <laughs> Shedload Theatre there from 2015 when they popped into the podcast to tell us about their show, The Statement of Randolph Carter. Since that year, they've been working on nine shows along with offering educational workshops in drama, Foley, SFX and Bapertry. New show development had begun at the end of 2019, but of course, lockdown followed on from that quite quickly and most of the art sector in the United Kingdom and indeed around the world shut down. So we're just they're just appear to be waiting to get building things back up to steam. Keep an eye on their Facebook and Twitter feeds for more. As always, we will link to them from our website, edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. There you are. Thank you for listening. Another week, another look back into the archives, another chance for you to review and write us. And, you know, it just helps more people find us, lift us up all of those top podcast charts. And lets me know people are listening. Actually, I know people are listening. I can see the numbers. Thank you very much. Coming in next week, we'll have another classic interview from the Edinburgh Fringe. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.